In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Paona, and today the Gospel was from Matthew chapter 12. And we usually, because we usually start the, the fast of the Apostles during this month, the theme of this Coptic month is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because as you know, the, feast of the, the fast of the Apostles ha- starts after the Feast of Pentecost. And in the Gospel of today, if you, if you paid attention, it said, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the Kingdom of God has come upon you. So you see the work of the Holy Spirit in the scripture to cast out demons, to reveal the kingdom of God, to reveal the work of the Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I think there's a very beautiful verse that goes along with this concept. It's from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He says, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, except by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to speak to you uh, today. I want to speak to you about who is the Lord Jesus? Who is the Lord Jesus? And I hope today everyone can answer this question to themselves. Who is the Lord Jesus? In the beginning of the gospel of today, the people were confused. They didn't know who Jesus was. Actually, it says at the beginning of the gospel, it says they brought to him one demon-possessed, blind and mute, and the Lord healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And then the multitudes were amazed. They were amazed. And they said, who could this be? Could this be the son of David? Could it be? I don't know. Maybe it is. Is it? Is it not? Who is this interesting character, this Jesus, that could do this miraculous healing? And actually, many of the disciples, they were also confused about the character of Jesus. Who is this Jesus that is doing this wonders? You know, when the Lord was on the boat and there was storms and there was, you know, like, and everyone was so scared and worried. You know what the disciples said? It says the Lord rebuked the wind. And then the disciples said, who can this be? Who can this be? Who is this man that rebukes even the sea and the wind? They obey him. Who is this man? Even the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they didn't know who the Lord was. They were, you know, they had an idea, but they didn't fully know who the Lord Jesus Christ was. It wasn't until the Lord explained to them the scriptures and then they took the communion. Then their eyes were open and then they really knew who the Lord was. Even when the Lord appeared to St. Paul, what, were the, what was the first thing that St. Paul said to him? The first thing that St. Paul said to the Lord after he appeared to him, he said, Who are you, Lord? Who are you? I want us to ask that question today and to think about who, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, he asked his disciples and said, Whom do, you say, whom do the people say that I am? And then some people said, oh, he is Elijah. Some said he's John the Baptist. Some people said, and they were confused and no one could answer. I wonder what you would answer if the Lord asked you, who is, who, who is Jesus? Who is he? What would you say? And I want you to think about that answer. The reason I want you to think about it is because I know we have a couple phrases that we, we say, oh, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Very nice. Good job. This is a good answer. I love that answer. It's the right answer. But 
Is that really in the depths of your heart? Do you believe that answer? I'll tell you why I say that. In this gospel today, it's very interesting. Did the people, when he said, you know, the people, they, they, they didn't recognize the Lord. And instead of recognizing him as Lord and King, they recognized him or they called him Belzebub. And they said, by the ruler of demons, he cast out demons. But my question to you, did they say that out loud? Did they say that amongst themselves or did they say that in their heart? What do you think? I think they said it in their heart or amongst themselves, but they didn't utter it to the Lord. The Lord didn't hear them say that phrase. But then the Lord, he, know, he knew their thoughts. That's what's written in the gospel today. If you, if you pay attention to the gospel, it says, The Pharisees heard and they said, The cell does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts. And I was thinking about that idea. We sometimes we say things out loud, but inside we have a different feeling inside of us. For instance, and, and this isn't, and this is very important because the Lord knows our thoughts. And the, 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 word, the answer to the question, who do you say that I am, has to come from the heart. When the sinful lady came to wash the feet of Jesus, then the Pharisee started to think in his mind and said, if this man was a prophet, he would know what type of woman this is who washes his feet. And the Lord knew his thoughts and then answered and said, Simon, I have a long story for you about a person. So the Lord knew that Simon had some problem in his heart, even though he didn't express it. But the Lord knew something was weird inside. Even the Pharisees and the, Herod the Herodians, they came to him one time, they said, Teacher, and they said all the nice words to the Lord Jesus Christ. They said all the words that we would say. If I asked you, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? They would say, oh, the Christ. The Herodians, they went and they said very nice things to the Lord. They said, teacher, we know that you are true. And teach God the way of God in truth. And you do not care about anyone. For you do not regard the person of men. Wow. What a good introduction by people. They must really love the Lord. They must, they say all these wonderful things about the Lord. But then, you know what the next verse says? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? And I don't want us to be the people that say, oh, the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. But inside, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. We're sometimes like these Herodians. We say lots of nice words, but inside something different. That's why the gospel today is very interesting. It speaks about the inner thoughts, actually. If you've paid attention to the gospel, what have the first part have to do with the second part of the gospel? The second part of the gospel says, how can you, being evil, speak good things? How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word, every idle word, men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. This verse reminded me of something uh, 
in the courtrooms. You know the courtrooms? Have you ever watched like the Judge Judy show? There's always someone in the courtrooms and their job is uh, to be the, the recorder. To type, it's called the, what's it called? I have it here in my notes. It's called the stenographer. The stenographer is the person who sits there and writes every word that's mentioned in the court proceeding and it logs an official transcript of the court proceedings. Imagine now in your heart, in your mind, there is a stenographer sitting there. Oh, this sermon is so boring today. I want to go. Uh, and recording all, everything, everything, every thought that passes is being recorded. And your life is being, is a big transcript of all the thoughts, all the words, all the things that you, you do. Everything you think about is being recorded. On the, um, and at the day of judgment, what are we going to do? This transcript will speak for itself. <laughs> This transcript, we, the Lord, his supercomputer, like what, reads the transcript in like one second, and judgment. I wonder how that transcript will read. Your transcript will read. How will every idle word is recorded on the transcript? Can you imagine? The good news is, the good news is, is that the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is to... Edit the transcript. Clean up the transcript. It's the editor-in-chief. He'll make that transcript look so beautiful. So when you go to present it at the end of time, the story is beautiful. And remember all those parts that were ugly. Remember all those parts that were ugly? All the parts that had sins and all the parts that were very, mm, I don't want to present, I don't want you to read that part of the story. The work of the Holy Spirit, as we said last week, to absolve, to clean, to wipe out. He'll take out those parts. That's why it's very important. Sacrament of confession, everything wiped away. You have a good transcript. When you confess, one thing we heard like recently is when you confess, it's as if you never committed any sin. It washes away completely. That's why it's so important for everybody to sit honestly with their transcript. Isn't that the sacrament of confession? And repentance, you sit with the transcript and you say, oh, yesterday my transcript can see Haga little, I need to confess about that, that part. I need to delete that part out of the, 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 the story. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to take out this tra- the transcript. I know a lot of us, me, my, we say a lot of dumb stuff and we regret it. Confess and repent and the Holy Spirit takes all the way, all that stuff out. That's why at the conclusion of every hour of the Egbeya, you know what's written? You guys say this all the time. We say, ease our life. Guys, fulfill your commandments. Sanctify our spirits. Cleanse our bodies. Conduct our, conduct our thoughts. Purify our intentions. Because those, the conduct our thoughts, the purif- those things go, guess what? The thoughts, they make it into the, into the transcript. In order to answer the question, who is Jesus? You need to be honest with yourself. You need to review your transcript. Because the answer needs to, be, come, needs to come from the heart. On Friday, we were planning to go to, uh, you know, or on Friday we had a meeting for our next uh, retreat that's coming up. 
and the high schools, they did an amazing job. But one of the questions that came up during uh, the discussion and is uh, one of the questions that came up from Nana was that sometimes, I don't want to ruin the answer, I won't give you all the answer, was sometimes that the Christian life becomes burdensome. Can the Christian life become burdensome? Can the Christian life be burdensome? And actually, since that question, and that's the question we're going to discuss at the retreat, is the Christian life burdensome? Do you feel burdened by the Christian life? And actually, this, that question was like troubling me a lot. How is that even a question? That the Christian life becomes burdensome. In the gospel of today, there was a blind man, or there was a man who was, who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute. Demon-possessed, blind, and mute. And he came to the Lord, and the Lord healed him. Did the Lord take away his burden or add burden to him? And they say this man is symbolic of all humanity. All humanity under the spell of the evil one. All humanity was blind, could not see the work of God in their life. All humanity could not speak about God. All they speak about is gossip and uh, the word, like worldly stuff. But then the, they came to the Lord and the Lord healed him. The Lord took away his burden. I've never met anyone, or maybe you can tell me in the story in the Bible, have you met anyone in the Bible that was more burdened when they came to the Lord? More burden? I don't think so. The Lord takes away the burden. That's why in the gospel it says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My burden is light. If we feel the Christian life is burdensome, if we feel the Christian life is burdensome, I'm, I'm scared to say then you haven't met Christ. You haven't met Him. Because if you met Him, you'd say, ah, He takes away the burden. Christian life is beautiful. But the Lord is something more than He just takes away our burdens. The Lord is, I want to say, the source of our life. The Lord is the source of our life. In the Pauline epistle today, we read about, Saint, like an epistle from St. Paul, it says... To the present hour, hear the life of St. Paul. Just so you, you, you... To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst. We are poorly clothed, when beaten and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. Having been made filth of the world, the offscoring of all things until now. So the life of St. Paul sounds miserable. Why would any, it sounds like a big burden. <laughs> sounds like a big burden. But why does St. Paul then, in another epistle, he says, For me to live is, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. For another, in another place he says, If we live, we live to the, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or we die, we are the, the Lord's. How does someone who has 
so much burden say these things because to be to know who Jesus Christ is is to know the source of life to be comforted and that's one thing I wish that we take away from us we think about that who is Jesus no one can answer that question for you you have to answer that question for yourself that's why every person I wish they answer who is the person Jesus Christ to them who is he is he your life is he your life if he was your life if Jesus Christ is your life how would your life be different I think it would be very different and sometimes we in career and stuff we careers we live not for our career we live for the Lord do we live for our family no we don't live for our we live for the Lord do we live for yeah all the like Ambanofer right here lived for how 60 years in a cave eating dates he's living for the Lord everything he does for the Lord therefore when you you watch like a movie do you watch it for the the Lord the movie that you're the music you, is it for the Lord the food that you eat is it for the Lord the food that you eat is it for the Lord the why do we care so much about our food I don't know means we're not living for God we're living for food now everything the Christian does he does it for the Lord I wish everyone today thinks about who the Lord is if we really live for the Lord we'll be a hundred percent dedicated to him. we'll review the transcript of our life and we'll say from our heart who is the Lord to us we'll be a hundred percent dedicated to him I wish during this fast I wish we dedicate this fast to knowing the work of the Lord to have the Holy Spirit in us tell us who the Lord is. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.